And sometimes you've got to look in the midst of the situation that you're facing and you've got to, you've got to speak what you know. You've got to prophesy. Because as they was on their way up, the servants of Abraham looked at him and said, he, he looked at his servants and said, we go yonder to worship. He said, but we will return. Isaac looked at his father on his way up the mountain and said, Father, the fire, the wood and the fire, but where's the sacrifice? Abraham looked at him and said, God will provide for himself a sacrifice. You don't have to worry about God keeping his end of the deal, I promise you. God is going to do what he said he would do. And in order for us to get there, we've got to have a, an expectancy and a, and a presence of God in our lives. It's not enough for us to meet on Sunday mornings. We have to have a relationship with the Lord during the week. We have to be contagious with the presence of God. Amen? Hallelujah. It's important that you're here because you don't know how God may want to use you to be the very tool to get somebody saved, the very tool to get to, for somebody's healing. So it's important that we're in the right place at the right time. Look at somebody and say, I'm in the right place at the right time. Amen. Hallelujah. If you got your Bibles, I want you to go with me to 1 Kings, the 17th chapter. I want to start reading there. It says, And Elisha the Tishbite, of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall be not dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. He could have went anywhere else and not received the provision. A lot of times the reason we're not seeing the provision that we want to see God do is because we're not where God wants us to be. Amen? Amen? Amen. There's questions that I've asked myself several different times along the years in ministry and these are the questions that I ask myself. Am I where God told me to be? And am I doing what God told me to do? Because if you can answer yes to those two questions, you can be assured that God is going to show up to you in a way that you've never seen him before. Amen? God is a progressive God. God is a God that will bring you... How many of you know that when you first got saved, it seemed like everything was ice cream and... And cherries. Everything was good. It seemed like when you first got saved that everything was just being poured out on you. It was brand new. It was new. But how many of you know that as you went along, life began to settle in and you begin to see things come against you and things that you wasn't aware of come against you? It's because God is a progressive God. It's not that he never, ever left you. 
He's there with you, but he will bring you to a place to where he will provide everything for you. He took Isaac, He took Elijah and told him to go to the brook of Cherith. He said, I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. Why did he take him and put him next to a brook instead of next to a river? He put him there to a brook because he knows how humanity is. If we settle in sometimes some, somewhere, sometimes we don't want to leave that place. So he put him by a brook knowing that after... After a while that there was going to be no rain so there would be no water and that he could encourage him to move on. How many of you know that when the brook dries up sometimes you just got to go somewhere else. Sometimes you got to get a word from the Lord because the word of the Lord came to Elijah after he had been there a little while and told him to lead there and go to Zarephath for I have prepared a widow to take care of you there. He said in other words you can't stay here anymore. But when he gets to Zarephath, he finds this woman picking up a few sticks. And she's preparing herself to go in and make a little fire and, and, and make a, a, a cake for her and her son. And they were going to eat it and they were going to die. So I, Elijah gets to Zarephath, which is Zidon. And how many of you know what, what Zidon was? Zidon was a place where Jezebel came from. How many of you know there's a spirit of Jezebel in the world today? How many of you know there's a spirit of Ahab in the world today? How many of you know there's a, there's a spirit of Absalom in the world today? People that will look at you and say, I would do it this way. But here's the thing about God. There is still a God and there's still Jesus Christ who every one of those spirits are going to bow down to. There's a name that is above all names. His name is Jesus. He's still alive and well today. And he will overcome every one of those spirits. But we've got to get in that place. We've got to get in that there place. Elijah didn't go around knocking on doors saying, I must have missed it this time because all this woman's doing is gathering a few sticks. No, he began to see and understand that God is a progressive God. Though I may have been provided everything in this place, I've got to declare the word of the Lord because I know that God has sent me here. And he says, go and make yourself a cake, but bring back to me first. He said, and it'll be that when you do that, that your meal will never run out and your cruise of oil won't run dry. How many of you are tired of dry places? Hmm? How many of you want the anointing to continue to flow? See, a lot of times we want the anointing, but here's the thing. God, cannot, God will bring anything to you that he can get through you, but if he can't get it through you, he won't bring it to you. So here's Elijah telling this woman, you go and make me a cake first. See, the importance of him being there was not only, not only was he there and the provision made for her to have food, but there was also a cause for him being there because later on in this story, her son gets sick and dies. You don't know how important it is for you to be in a place. But you don't just need to be in a place. You need to be in a place with power. You need to be in a place with anointing. So it's not enough just to lead teams. It's not enough just to just to have a, a, a just to, just to be a part of a of just a, 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 a congregation. We need to have power. We need to have the anointing. There's people that's going to come in here. They're going to need deliverance. They're going to need to be set free. They're going to need to be to break away from things and habits and things that have been been ingrained in their life. And 
And it's important that we're here because when we come here, we come as the body of Christ and the anointing of God to see the power of the Spirit of God released through us into them to become brand new. Amen? This is also the place, see, because you've got to understand something. The enemy will try always try to bring devastation where God is bringing manifestation. You remember her son died. This is when you've got to ask yourself these questions. Because there's going to be tragedy that's going to come. There's going to be trials. There's going to be temptations. There's going to be things that are going to come against your life to try to get you to question if God has really got you there. Don't let devastation stop your manifestation. Because if you remember the story of, of Peter in the boat, they were out on the storm. Jesus had made them. He had done fed four. He had done fed four thousand, five thousand people. Told them to get into the boat and go to the other side. As they was going to the other side, they faced the storm. They was in the midst of the storm. Now listen, Jesus told them to go there. Now Jesus, Jesus told them to go there, but he didn't tell them about the storm. See, a lot of times the things that we go through in life, we don't expect the storm. We just expect, we just want smooth sailing. We'll follow Jesus as long as everything's going good, but hang on here. If the storm comes, it must not be God. God ain't called me here because if I, was, if I was going through a storm, if I'm going through a storm, then this must not be God. No, you're probably right where God wants you, and God is trying to manifest himself to you in a way that you've never seen him before because, you see, they had seen Jesus heal the sick. They had seen him raise the dead, but they had never seen him walk on water. But when he came to them in the fourth watch of the night, he was walking on the water, and Peter said, Lord, if that be you, bid me to come. When Jesus said come, that told me that any one of the disciples that wanted to could have stepped out of the boat. But Peter was the only one who risked, he was a risk taker who stepped out of the boat. He swung his, his legs out on the other side of that boat and he said, I'm not going to have the testimony of riding out this storm. I'm going to have the testimony of putting this storm underneath my feet. A lot of people has got a testimony. See, when they got to the other side, all the other disciples, they had a testimony of riding out the storm. But Peter had a testimony of stepping out on the storm. You know how frustrating it is for the enemy to see you step out on something that he's designed to destroy you? And I like to get in his face and step out on things that are impossible. Because, see, my stability is not on how bad the storm is. My stability is not in a storm. My stability is in the Word of God. And the Word of God is more sure than the foundation that I'm standing on here this morning. And I'm telling you, no matter what kind of storm comes, no what kind, no what kind of wind blows against you, no what doesn't matter what kind of adversity comes against you when you are standing and you're rooted in the Word of God, I'm telling you that you will be standing when all the dust settles. You'll still be standing on the Word of God. Then Elijah goes and the Lord tells him that, that he's about to send the rain. 
He says, and go tell Ahab. Together all the, prof, all the false prophets together. And he goes down and said, how long will you falter between two opinions? If God is God, serve him. But if Baal is God, serve him. You see, this, wasn't about, this, this was not, they didn't want to challenge Elijah. And, and, and Elijah went down and brought them out. And, and this wasn't about just if there was a God. How many of you know we don't have a problem with the world? The world today don't have a problem with that there's a God. They have a problem that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Hmm? See, they didn't have a problem that there was a God. They had a problem that God was the only God. There's a lot of people that'll tell you there's a lot of different ways to heaven. Well, I'm here to tell you there's only one way, and it's through the name of Jesus Christ. And Elijah gathered them up, and they came out, and they began to... He told them that they'll take the sacrifice. And he said, but we're not going to put no fire under it. Let the God that answers by fire, let him be God. And they jumped on the altars there. They hooped and they hollered. Sounds like a lot of churches today, don't it? Had a lot of hooping and hollering, but there ain't no power. Huh? And they were jumping, and they were dancing. And Elijah said, hey, uh, call out a little louder. Maybe he's on vacation. Maybe he's on a trip somewhere, you know. Just holler a little louder. And they got so excited and upset, they started cutting themselves with lances and knives, as was accustomed to them. I'm so glad that the God I serve shed blood for me. Amen. And Elijah watched and made fun of them. Poked fun at them. And then he told them about the time of the evening sacrifice, he gathered them all around him. He said, come near. Come here. And he did something that we've got to do today. He rebuilt the altar. And as he rebuilt the altar... He made, he laid the sacrifice. He laid the wood in order and he laid the sacrifice on the wood. And he said, get the four water pots. Fill them with water. Now I want you to understand, there's been three and a half year drought. So water is very precious. And he said, now pour it over the sacrifice. He dug a trench around the altar. He made it ready. Why did he pour water over it? I can tell you why he poured water over it. He poured water over it because he wasn't expecting a spark. A lot of times we come to church and if we just get a spark, we're happy. Elijah wasn't looking for a spark. He was looking for a fire because he knew that the God that he served was a God that answered by fire. Hallelujah. 
And as he began to pray, he prayed a 63-word prayer. And when he prayed that prayer, listen, honey, the fire fell and the people fell on their faces. Why did they fall on their faces? Because they didn't wonder if God had met them there. They knew that God had met them there. And I'm telling you that in this last day, when the power and the glory of God comes into the churches, we're not going to have to wonder, well, I wonder if that was God. No, you're going to know it was God because of the power and the glory of his spirit. Spirit moving. And then he began to pray for the rain. But I want you, before he did that, he killed the 450 prophets of Baal. I want you to see this because every one of us are in three different seasons right now. We're in the we're we're in the drought, we're in the fire. Or we're, in, or we're stepping out of that and walking into the rain. But I want you to see something here because there was a man who was about to be anointed by the name of Elisha. All of these years he had been plowing. He had been plowing and he had been sowing seed. See, a lot of times people don't understand that they can't get a harvest is because they haven't been putting seed in the ground. You never know. You, you Listen, you don't know when the rain's going to come. But if you ain't prepared for it, you're not going to receive a harvest. So here's Elisha. Elisha has been plowing all this time. He gets anointed, but I want you to see this because in this season, in the drought season, in the drought season, it's not meant to destroy you. It's meant to get you to the place of dryness to where you begin to search out God and to search for the direction of God to begin to understand that you can't be sustained by yourself. You need God to help you through certain things. You need God to get you through things. You need God to help you. And then God will take you through the fire to where he's going to begin to purge people and certain things out of your life. People that have been naysaying, people have been saying, you can't do certain things, you can't do this, or you can't do that, speaking negative things into your life. See, there's a purging that goes on. But then some people are going through things and, and they've been sowing, they've been breaking ground and they've been sowing these seeds all this time not understanding why am I doing this? Why am I continuing on? Why am I putting up with this in my marriage? Why am I putting up with this thing going on in my life all the time, time after time? Why am I continually doing You're doing it because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It's him that gives you strength to rise up every day and gives you the anointing to break the ground even when you can't see the rain you're still breaking the ground you're still sowing the seed and when you do that I promise you when the rain comes the seed will grow and the harvest will be there Because when this rain came, it, hasn't, it hadn't rained in three and a half years. But when the rain came, I want you to see that every seed that had been sown for three and a half years began to spring forth. And the desert became an oasis. A lot of times we don't understand why we're sowing the seed. Why we're breaking the ground and sowing the seed and placing the seed in the ground. It's because I can see rain and I hear the sound of abundance of rain and I'm here to tell some of you today, some of you have been plowing, some of you have been sowing seed and you haven't seen an increase. But get ready, honey. I see the cloud of about the size of a man's hand and I hear the abundance of rain. Hallelujah. 
Because we serve a God who is well able to take care of his people. You keep plowing. You keep sowing seed. And you watch God. A lot of times we're looking for things, miraculous things to come through somebody else. When God wants to bring supernatural things through you, through us. Amen. The important, see, none of this would have ever happened if Elijah hadn't been in the right place. It's important that we find ourselves in the right place. I'm here, not by choice, but by calling. Because God proved to me that he wanted me here so much and placed it on my heart so much that I was afraid that if I didn't come, I was going to miss the will of God. Hmm? And I will do whatever. I've always been a risk taker. My wife will tell you. I don't mind taking risk. But I refuse to do it without God. Not going to do it. But with him, I want you to understand there's a level of anointing that each one of us have. And it's important that we're here because it could determine somebody else's breakthrough. We're not here. We're, we're not here just by coincidence. We're here by divine appointment to see the power and the presence of God released. Maybe you've been in a drought. Maybe you're going through a time now where you're having to purge some things out of your life. Listen, I had to purge. I had to purge. Allow God to purge things out of my life. People that would always try to tell me, well, you can't do this or you can't do that. Listen, I know I can't do a lot of things, but I'm connected to a God who is not limited to do anything. I've had people come up to me before and say, well, why do you want to pray for the sick? What, what if you pray for the sick and they don't get healed? I said, what if I pray for them and they do? <laughs> it's not up to me. It's up to him. Huh? It's, my, it's our job to be obedient to the presence of God. It's our job to hear what he is saying. In other words, be le- listen, if, 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 if the ravens had stopped and God hadn't spoke to Elijah and he would have stayed right there at the brook, it would have been like a bunch of religious folks today. We get caught up in this thing doing the same thing over and over and over again. Well, it ain't working, but hey, you know, Grandpa did it this way and this one did it this way. And you know what? Bless God, I think we ought to do it this way. Well, we would find their bones right there at the brook of Cherith and there would have never been a woman inside who got the relief she would have died her son would have died and they would have still been a pagan out, uh, 
um, um, God would have had to raise somebody up to bring deliverance, but God used Elijah and he used him to move that thing forward. He heard what God said and he went to where he did. Don't get disappointed when you get somewhere and it's not working out just like you thought it was going to. It might be that God wants you to allow his spirit to rise up in you and you begin to prophesy a thing. And prophesying don't have to be weird, folks. I'm sorry, it don't. We've made it weird. You know, I thank God is speaking to me and tell you to give me $100. No. I think really what you misheard is God's trying to tell you to get a job. No, it's simply, listen, prophesying is nothing more than hearing what God is saying and declaring the word of God. Where people get in trouble is when they just start flabbing and blabbing. But you hear. You hear the word of the Lord and you declare it. Elijah heard the word of the Lord. There was such an anointing on Elijah. And on that mantle, when he went by Elisha and threw it on him, Elisha went and killed his oxen, sacrificed them, burnt all of his plow tools up, and followed Elijah. And then... After all this had happened, this great adversity rose up against Elijah after he had prayed for the rain, got the rain was coming. Ahab goes down and tells Jezebel what's happened. Jezebel says, let it be known she vowed to her gods that by this time tomorrow, 24-hour period, that Elijah was going to be dead. She lied. Because a day went by, Elijah's not dead. A week went by, Elijah still not dead. It's been over 2,800 years, and Elijah is still not dead. What heaven starts, hell can't stop. It doesn't matter what comes against you and rises up against you. It can't be stopped. So don't be discouraged when things don't work out like you think they should. Because the rain's coming. Some of you ought to be celebrating this morning because you've been through the drought and you've been through the fire. There's only one more step to go, and that's the rain. Hallelujah. And when the rain came comes, you know the increase is coming with it. Amen. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. If you're here this morning, you've been battling things. You've been going through the drought. Listen. One thing I've learned about the fire of God, it purifies. You remember the three Hebrew children that got thrown into the fiery furnace? Remember that story? Look what happened. The Bible says they fell down bound. I read the next verse. The king sees them. He says, he says, what is this? He said, did not we throw three men into the burning fiery furnace? They said, oh, yes, okay. He said, I see four loosed and walking in the midst of the fire. And the fourth one looks like the Son of God. Which tells me that when we go through the fire, the only things that burn off of us are the things that bind us. So don't despise the fire. Amen. If you're here this morning, you've been through the drought. You're walking through a purging right now. The rain is on the way. I want to encourage you to come. We want to pray with you. God's bringing us to a new place, but we got to understand. That it's not going to be without trials. It's not going to be without struggles. I'm never going to tell you it's going to be easy. But I will tell you this, it's going to be worth it.
desert will bloom in the light of your love. Valleys may groom for the river of God. Deserts will bloom in the light of your love. Come on, somebody give the Lord a hand. Come on. Somebody give the Lord a hand. Come on, praise Him. Hallelujah. 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 If everybody knew 
the importance of you being in the there place. I honestly believe there's, there's a lot of people who are not seeing God do what they think or want to see done in their life because they're not in the there place. And it's important that we get there. Amen? One step at a time. Listen, if I see the path, if I can see the path clear enough to where I can see where Jesus is already traveling, I'll run down it. But if I can't, I'm going to wait until I see his footstep. And I'll just take one step at a time when he steps. But if that ever if it ever opens up to where I can see the full path clear enough to run down it, I'm gone, buddy. All you're gonna see is dust. <laughs> but the important part is being where he wants us to be. God don't make mistakes. Listen. About this meeting today, I want to encourage you to be here because I, I, am, I am really excited about this meeting. I'm, I'm excited about building these teams up because, listen, when, when it all hits the ground and we hit the ground running, listen, I believe we're going to be different than every other church. We're not going to be traditional. We're going to be, there are people going to say, hey, you go to that church. Yeah, we go to that church. We go to that church where people get healed. We go to that church where people get saved. We go to that church where people get delivered. We go to that church where people get, come on now. And I'm, I am excited about it. And when we put all the pieces together, come on now. We become the body of Christ. We cannot be defeated. Amen. God bless you. Father, we thank you this day, Lord God. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your anointing in this place today, Lord God. Father, I praise you right now for the soul saved, Lord God. I thank you right now, Lord Jesus, for the power of your spirit moving out throughout this day. Father, go with us and be with us, Lord God. Lead God, help and protect us, Lord God. Put a hedge of protection around each and every one of us and bring us back to here today, Lord God, safely. We give you honor and praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen.